This is Shut Up Mom, Mom. a Hive Collective production, a safe space for moms by mom. Hey mamas, welcome back to Shut Up Mom. We're your hosts, Maria, Bethany, Dora. And today's a very exciting episode because we have our very first guest on the podcast. I'm psyched. I'm going to hand it over to Bethany to introduce her very special guest. Hey, everybody. Um, today, our special guest is my mama, Lala. That's what um, my kids lovingly call her. She has been my best friend my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I was always her shadow growing up and um, always looked to her for her insight and her understanding and her wisdom and everything that I did. And so it seems only fitting that the first person that I talked to about motherhood would be my own mother. I'm hoping that this can resonate with you guys and whomever out there may have um, a difficult relationship with their moms right now. Um, know that moms come in all shapes and sizes and forms and um, we can all glean from each other. There isn't one specific mom. And I know that our Lala loves to be a mama too, whoever needs one. And um, I know that what you have for you guys today, you're going to feel like your mama was talking to you. <laughs> That's funny that you made that comment because I feel like Lala is definitely like a mom. Mom, like she's just like a mom to all. <laughs> I'm just saying that from experience of like going to spend time at her house in Puerto Rico and like she has like that 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 energy where you can you feel like she's definitely wants to care for you in the way that moms do. So I think that's a very very great introduction you just gave for for your mama. Yeah, and it's so perfect for what we're talking about today because you know, when I met Laura, um she's such a community builder. And Laura, it's just been so amazing to get to know you. And I honestly wouldn't know Bethany without you, because I remember when when I, I started hearing about Bethany through my different circles and, you know, just you were seeking community for her and just having that in the back of my mind and then meeting Kyle and running into each other all the time in Long Beach, it was just like meant to be. And so I really appreciate the way that you've always advocated for Bethany to have that community and also build community around you. So I'm excited because I feel you're the perfect person to talk about to talk about our village and what it means to have a village, you know, among moms. Mm, well, it's a pleasure to be with you tonight. So I guess um, our first question would be, do you feel like we, your children, had the same village experience that you did going through your, like, young motherhood? And um, has that impacted your parenting absolutely not you did not have the same experience that I had um, my parents both worked um, for the most part and I would say 80 75 to 80 percent of my time was spent with my paternal grandmother who lived two blocks from us so and yours was very uh, communal you were uh, an air force brat born in Germany uh, along with your brother and sister and we lived in a close-knit community on Ramstein Air Base so 
in writing about that community as I have, I, um, I describe the friendships that people make like Jiffy pop friendships, because people know you're going to be there for three, four at the most five years, like we were five and a half years. So you're each other's family. You know, I remember Christmases where I'd be decorating the tree and crying because I, I missed having my family and missed being at my grandmother's house, eating tamales and, you know, the whole Mexican Christmas experience and midnight mass. And, and I didn't have that. But the friendships I have, I still keep in touch with many of those people today. And it's been, you know, 25, 30 years, no, longer than that. 30 years plus in the past. And um, I still keep in touch with many of those same people. But, you know, there were two parks close by and it was always, you know, everybody, the moms that I knew that were very close friends, they were more like aunties. In fact, you do call one of them Aunt Aunt Debbie still. She was known as Aunt Debbie. Uh, So it was very close knit. And a lot of them had their husbands had the schedule that your, your dad had for working for on and for off. So, you know, we were very much kind of like single moms during those times. And we had to depend on each other because we couldn't call mom or grandma or an aunt. Mm -hmm. Hey, can you come help me? Or my child is sick or I'm sick. We had to depend on each other. And because we were so close by and lived in that little nest of you know, Air Force community, it really was ideal. And racially, too, uh, very much blended. You know, we, we just didn't have that where there was that divide. That's really awesome that you had that much community. I've always um, have heard of how close-knit, like, the Army, Air Force, like, wives become because they really have no one else around. So it's great that you at least had that, even though you didn't have, you know, what you would have wanted to have, like you said, like your grandma. But yeah, at least you had like women around you that you could depend on. So that's a big plus. So much, and even so, because we were overseas. Yeah, of course. So far away, it wasn't um, as if you know, mom or anybody could come visit you because we lived stateside. You know, our we lived overseas for, from the time Bethany was born till you were about two. So. Um, from our like first uh, episode, where we were talking about like having a village and how we felt like there was like a lack of a village. Bethany brought about how even though like, I guess she did have you here, like she didn't have the type of community that she wanted, that she like was like yearning for the type of connections that she wanted to make. She felt like they really weren't there for her. So I wonder if you saw that struggle in her. And if you felt like she missed out on something and how that impacted you and how you were feeling about your child needing this that she was missing. Well, it's the first time I ever heard that. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) Um, But the next community that we jumped into was where her dad went to Bible college in Springfield, Missouri. Um, But Bethany was never one that would go out and make friends. As she said in the in the introduction, she always kind of hid behind me. <laughs> and I kind of oh, had to push her uh, as much as I could without uh, being too 
forceful, but many times I had to up until the time she was about 17, 18. I think what I'm referring more to is like once she became pregnant, like her village then. Like feeling like the community that I had, all those moms, you helped me get into that community of mothers that were like the church group moms, but they were all like 10 years my senior and like had all these plans and like these lives that were already like built, you know, with their families and feeling like an outsider within that trying to like look like I belonged, I think. Mm. I I guess I didn't see you doing that because at that point, you transitioned once you once you got pregnant with Judah and after that you seem to really start to look outward and rather than inward mm-hmm. before that you were very self-focused after that you were always trying to you know you would have the tea parties here which were amazing and mm-hmm. you would have how many people in here <laughs> a little <laughs> tiny place you'd have 15 people or more i think and always trying to make people feel like this was a special event for them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I guess I didn't see you struggling um, with that. And then I think you started to kind of come into your own, that you didn't feel less than because you were, you know, five or 10 years younger, because you started to engage and be friends with people and you started to see that they were gaining and gleaning as much from you as you were with them it wasn't all one-sided that you were taking from people but you had so much to offer well i appreciate that you saw it that way (laughs) but also we hung out a lot so i didn't i didn't um you know i don't know i i didn't hear you pining for that so much right i guess it was like I just saw a huge, it was a profound difference night and day before you had Judah and to after. I think the difficult thing is that needing a community is like such a nuanced thing that like me transitioning from essentially being a teenager to a full grown adult in the matter of like the same day, that looks like a really big turnaround. And so everything else kind of, I think it's like covered up and kind of like swept under the rug because now I'm a mother and that takes the forefront as opposed to like, I'm this like emo depressive girl sitting in my bunk bed, like (laughs) whining that I have to go do my frozen yogurt job or whatever, you know? (laughs) And paying me to clean your room. (laughs) And paying you to clean my room. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I think that maybe there's so many more things that are like internalized that from where I was sitting, it was just written all over my face. Like I felt that I was not living up to the standard of a mom. And I wasn't like, I wasn't playing the role well, you Mm -hmm. know? And I thought that everybody was like playing along because they didn't want me to feel like I was stumbling. Hmm. Absolutely not like trying to call you out whatsoever. It just like, it actually like kind of makes me feel good in a way to like think that you really did view me in this like light that I was trying to become like, someone that would encourage community and like by having those tea parties I was like desperately trying to find my people and my community and like in my own way and in my own terms that you saw that effort as like a positive thing and that it wasn't like yeah a facade no No, it wasn't I didn't see it as a selfish thing or that you were wanting to pull out of that 
it felt so magnanimous. All the little special touches that you and said, you know, let, we're all going to wear hats, you know, and even if you make them with a tissue flower and it was so beautiful. And, uh, I, I, I never went to those lengths, you know, it always blew me away whenever any kind of event that you would do, it would just be on a whole different level than I ever did. You know, I would have people over for coffee or cook for them, but, um, it was just so special that you did, did all that. And I, and I thought, wow, these women probably feel so loved and so special that you invited them into your space and place and put out China and had giveaways <laughs> and stuff like that. So, well, they had little gifts and stuff. So anyway. So what I feel like what I'm hearing is that it sounds like Laura, you have this, this image of, you know, what Bethany was seeking and trying to build. And Bethany, what I'm hearing from you is that you were seeking your people and you did create this wonderful experience in these tea parties where we were getting together, we're getting to know each other. Um, I mean, I've been to some of them, so they were like super fun and such a great way to connect with other people. But I think the key thing that's missing here with the village that we're seeking is that there was just a surface, there's a surface level to that. And so, yes, we were connecting. Yes, we were spending time together and we had, you know, Bethany was just pouring her love into this, but there wasn't that depth of I'm going to go out of my way to make sure you're taken care of because I see what you're going through and I want to help relieve some of that pain, that tension and that loneliness. And I think that's the difference is that we, in this, in this journey of trying to figure out where our village is, we're really looking for that depth um, of relationship and that depth of like, you know, we're going to go out of our way for each other and really just like come together. Cause I think that's, that sounds like what the kind of village you were looking for at the time. And now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I found that like when my mom would bring people over, she would make a meal with them and the depth was already there. You know what I'm saying? It was just, it was already there. And I didn't know how to do that. And so here I am trying again. <laughs> well, I think that's something that's only built over time. Yeah. And I think being in the Air Force and also in Bible college too, it just created, the, it was the perfect Petri dish for that because you had people that were there for a limited amount of time. We really had to rely on one another. It was like a necessity. Right. It was just that daily building relationships and depending on people and also being willing to be transparent and to say, I am having a really sucky day or I'm and not pretend, not putting on a face that Mm. no, everything's fine. I was going to say, what is it about like air force moms that like makes them like, is there like a type of person like becomes an air force mom? Like, what is that? Like, what is that trait that like any Air Force mom I've ever met, they have that depth. Like you have that depth. The other people that I've met, Aaron, for example, like any like army or military or anything, they have that, that ability to go so deep right away. Like, is that like a personality? Like, is that nature or nurture? <laughs> I guess is my question. I don't know. That's a good question. I guess I don't, 
I don't know who else to like, compare that with. I feel like I can actually relate to that because when Sean and I lived in Cambodia, it's kind of like that expat experience where you're a foreigner in a foreign land where you don't know anything about anything. So you find the other people who are also lost in this country that, you know, they're they're not um, a local national to and you're just you're a band together. So I totally get that sense of like you have to find your people really fast and rely on each other because that is going to be your family for the time being. And I remember having like coffee with um, this girl that I really connected with. And it was like the second time we hung out and we both just like shared our deepest thoughts and secrets and like everything that we were going through at the time we barely knew each other but we just needed like someone to talk to and (laughs) and when you're in that space you just have to make do with what you have so I can't imagine being a mom in a situation like that but I I can imagine it might be similar where you're just like who who, who can I talk to who am I vibing with okay let's go (laughs) go needs met why I went over to Germany when I was seven and a half months pregnant and then I had Gabriel, Bethany's older brother. And then we moved. We didn't, we were waiting for housing on the Air Force Base. It hadn't come through yet. We were living out on the economy in a four story walk up. And we were on the second floor. And somebody came and knocked on my door, had a brand new infant, not sure what to do with a brand new infant, <laughs> nursing. And I opened the door in a long a football jersey. And, um, and this lady who identified herself as my neighbor with a really strong Italian accent and she had a little boy that was four said hi and she's like oh give me the baby I just handed her (laughs) come on in dishes piled high just you know trying to pump and all this learning all this stuff I didn't know and then she invited me over to dinner and the next thing you know I'm eating dinner at her house four nights a week. That's how I learned how to cook Italian food. She was um, from Aviano. Uh, she was Neop- uh, Neapolitan. But it was just out of sheer necessity. And she became my sister, my aunt, my mother, my friend. And 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 she was uh, 10 years my senior. So it was just out of sheer necessity, like you said. <laughs> share everything and that's it isn't it like that's what we that's just what we need to do (laughs) what happens here you don't want to show your need Mm -hmm. you know and depending on geography has a lot to do with it too I felt like it was a little bit harder here in New York to make friends and I really had to pursue people and keep on inviting them come on over and and then little by little this neighbor talked to that one and you know then before you knew it, oh, we're all going to Lala's house for lasagna or whatever. <laughs> you were so key in building that, though. Like, if that didn't, if you weren't there, knowing the depth of a relationship that someone can have and saying, like, why are, we, what is the point of being on this block that we're living on? If we're not having, if we don't know who our neighbors are, like, you really did. You went out of your way to make every single person that you came into contact with feel engaged and feel that they had worth and value. Mm -hmm. And I think what you said is so poignant that like, especially like in America, in New York, this place where like you have to look the part, you know, you have to look like you have all your ducks in a row. And like when you're in another country, 
you are still struggling to learn the language, let alone like, let alone like have your ducks in a row. So it's okay to, to let your hair down a little bit. Right. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Or like, like here, it's not really that possible. So you still have this like facade that you have to like get past with people. Like they still have this like barrier. Well, I don't, I don't think people feel their, their need or else they're not willing to show you that they have a need even, or mm-hmm. they don't even recognize it themselves because it's lacking. If you never had it, then how do you know that you are missing it? You know, and over there you need it. You don't, you don't have a mom that lives 20 minutes away or a sister or anybody. You have to do it. <laughs> my little one's not wanting to go to sleep for those <laughs> listening. <laughs> Thanks to Kyle for trying to get them to go to bed. <laughs> so what would you say then to those people listening? What is it about having that deeper connection that makes life easier or life all the more worth living? Or like, how would you introduce someone to that just by telling them about it? Gosh. Well, I think of what I would have missed out on, you know, my friend Sheila from Louisiana, I learned how to cook jambalaya. It all centers around food. (laughs) (laughs) The thing worth living for. (laughs) And I learned how to make cream cheese pound cake and Southern biscuits, you know, Um, but I also learned how to pray with her. We would get together and I was a relatively new Christian and uh, we would get together with another mom and her one son, and then Sheila had three or four at that time, and I had two, two and three, depending on what the year was. And we would get together and put a video on for you guys, or get you engaged in some kind of game, and we would just kind of tag team, going in the room and getting you guys food or whatever, and then we would sit and pray or talk or share things that we needed prayer for. And that's why I heard people pray out loud for the first time. That wasn't a a prayer by rote. So I was a sponge, you know, soaking all that, soaking all that up. But you miss so much by not having it. But there's that vulnerability also, you know, you're, you're opening yourself up to also be hurt. What if they... What if I have an expectation and they don't need it? What if you know they let me down? What if I've been so hurt in my life that I it's hard for me to let people in, so I build this protective facade because I don't want to let people in. But it's so worth it. It's worth risking that because of what what you gain from that. With family, you know that if we have a little falling out, well, in a few days, I'm going to come knocking on your door or call you up or, or vice versa. And you'll be able to hear it in my voice, but you can gain that. I'm sure you have that with with Dora and Maria, where all they have to say is hello. And you say, what's going on? Because you have that intimacy with them and you've built that over years. And that's so worth it to let somebody know you like that. The vulnerability thing, like you're saying, I think that's what we're lacking in, in building like this village. We're so conditioned to be tough and to guard ourselves and to always be like one step ahead of someone else that our willingness to open ourselves up to other people is just 
something that we have to learn. Like I can definitely say, and I can look at, I'm sure I can look at like past like friendships and be like, well, that didn't work out. And I'm sure some of it had to do with the fact that I was closed off and didn't want to have to share parts of myself. And I think that you're absolutely right. I think that in sharing and being open to being hurt by that other person is how we're able to really build those bonds. We're all nodding in agreement. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so inspired um, by the way that Laura has been sharing about her relationships with all of these women and mothers, because it all just seems to revolve a lot around food too, which I think is so beautiful. And it also just makes me think like, not only think, but get excited for what we're doing at Hythe, because I know that this is going to be an incredible opportunity for us to grow deeper with each other and create these incredible mom circles. So as we you know, move along with our organization, I'm excited to have meetups and be in person and maybe have some cooking classes. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, maybe Lala can teach us to make her Italian food that she learned. Yeah, cooking or art or... Like what you do, Maria, with the the beautiful knitting and crochet or macrame or I don't know the word for it, but it's the beautiful wall hangings and stuff. All of the things. And the, the beautiful shirt that Bethany had on that my sister said, did somebody stitch that? What is that? You know, <laughs> things like that. Like it's so, oh, and I learned how to craft because Bethany was remembered that. She said, oh, you were so crafty. I said, it was just from getting together. And back in the 80s, it was those swag, um, bit phony flowers and eucalyptus. <laughs> and people would put them in their living room on the wall above a family photo or something. <laughs> but whatever, it was something that we could go to Hobby Lobby or wherever. And I don't know, remember where we went in Germany to buy that stuff. But just to share that with people and to have something that you're working on together and laughing and having a good time. Um, Actually, now that you mentioned that, I think back to a memory with like Bethany when we made the um, the wreaths, the wreaths, <laughs> we made the wreaths, and like Roy had stopped by, and like you got like really quiet for a second, and Roy was like, "Like what's going on?" And you were like, "It's just like you're like just that." I remember watching my mom sitting down doing crafts with her friends, and like that's what I'm doing now. Like that's what we're doing right now. We're making these things, and like we're connecting. And we were like, full circle moment. Like, <laughs> Literally making wreaths, though. I remember like peeking over the table and you're like making Christmas wreaths with, with your the hot friends. glue guns. Yeah, the hot glue oh, guns. and bows. I and used bows. to do bows. They always had a bow and this big giant bow on her head. <laughs> but it was the 80s. It was okay. Early 90s. So I think we can move on to our next question. My thing, I guess, that like I wanted to ask you is did you have the question of thinking all the time if you were a good mom I find myself literally asking myself that all the time like was I a good mom today am I a good mom like is am I doing this right I'm like beginning to be a little more comfortable with the idea of like there are days where I'm going to be like a really great mom and there are days where I'm just going to be like the bare minimum mom and I think a lot of it has come from like being able to see like other women around me kind of struggling with the same things So I wonder if did you and in your village, was that like something you guys thought about? (laughs) Can't say I ever did. No. (laughs) What's the next question? (laughs) 
So, of course, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Or you lose your cool and you raise your voice or something stupid, you know, you burn the dinner and whatever you cuss, you say a four-letter word and then your two-year-old's walking around and saying it for the next month. <laughs> no, I said proc. <laughs> <laughs> but um I think because we were in a faith community, I think, well, I don't think, I know that there's that that truth that when we're weak, then we're strong because it's that dependence. Kind of like being an AA, right? I can't do this on my own. I need a higher power. And so that within the community of faith that we had, um, both in the Air Force and then later on in Bible college, I could, I could count on somebody to pray when I was feeling that way and they would know like, what's going on. And then I could see, well, I'm comparing myself to so and so who you, you could eat off her floor, you know, and, and I could be reassured. I remember when I was pregnant with Bethany, I just fell into this slump, and I'm sure it was hormones. But I had a a friend come by, and she uh, cleared all the snot, everything, <laughs> everything off my face, <laughs> tears and stuff. She tucked me in bed. She made me a cup of hot tea. She took care of my kids. Out here, I was pregnant. I had two children. I had Gabriel and Sarah, who were um, four and eighteen months. And I was ready to have her at any minute. And so there were two years between each one. My house was a mess. I think one of the kids had pulled the Christmas tree down. So there was broken ornaments and everything. And I was so sick for like nine months. I didn't have uh, morning sickness for that first trimester on all the pregnancies. It just went all the way through getting violently sick, having to go to the hospital, breaking blood vessels in my eyes. And this friend came and she was like, Mary Poppins, you know, I I put Sarah and Gabriel in the bedroom with the big fat box of Cheerios. I closed the door. I could hear if something was going on, but they were just plain, you know, there wasn't anything that they could hurt themselves with in the room, but that's all I could do. And she came by, she uh, made them lunch. She cleaned my house. You know, when I got up out of the bedroom, it just looked like a whole different place. And I love that. That's like that's what we need. That's, uh, like, yeah. that's what you need sometimes. And and she prayed over me. I'll never forget it. She just prayed over me and, and said, "That's okay. You know, tomorrow's gonna look different when you open your eyes. It's gonna look different. It's not gonna look like this. You're kind of in a in the darkness right now." And it's going to look different and, and it's okay. You go ahead and cry if you want to cry. Go ahead. Mm. I've got the kids. That's so sweet. That's a big deal to cook a meal for someone. It's huge. I love that. I love everything you shared. And it's so important to have those those spaces where you can just be heard and listened to as well. I mean, I, I share the same faith. So I see so much value in having people be able to pray over you and, and, and hold that space for you. And I know anyone from any, any faith that's listening or, or lack thereof, just having someone to be there for you is so incredibly important. And I hope that, you know, we can be that space um, that people come to and they can just vent or, um, you know, just, just be heard because 
I'm realizing as a new mom, like I just need, I just need someone to listen to the craziness in my head, you know, and just be validated. Like it's not just me. You're not alone. And you forget it. You forget it. That SNL skit where the, <laughs> the mom says, you always have it so together, you know, and that's, that's her, the comment that she said, mom, you always were so put together. And then they flash back to what the reality was. And she's taking out the trash in her underwear or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Screaming at the kids for eating crayons or something. <laughs> but uh, it goes by in a blur. And honestly, I don't have a whole lot of memories. I don't. And I was doing it uh, without my without my Bethany's dad. So many times. So just because of his work schedule. And because then you were a single mom, literally doing it alone. And I literally was a single mom. (laughs) That's a story for another day. Yeah. I just felt like this is kind of a a natural point to, when you were talking about your Mary Poppins, your very own Mary Poppins coming in, um, it reminded me when um, earlier this week, both Maria and Dora, I reached out to them because I was like sitting on the couch or sitting on the bed, rather, listening to Theo just kind of like coughing and um, just eating a bag of chips. And I was like stuck and frozen. And it was a space where typically I would have reached out to you, but you were actually on the plane coming here. <laughs> so I couldn't. <laughs> I like, I, I reached out to them and where that fear comes in where it's like I didn't want to be judged and I didn't want to feel like less than or like oh I'm just I'm I'm that mom that always needs help I'm that mom that like just can't seem to get it together they met me with such um gentleness and generosity like Dora sent me a meal from from the diner Maria came and um helped with the kids um while I clean tried to clean up the house and that's what we need like mm-hmm. that's really what we need like it's nothing big right like if we can can like humble ourselves to receive that um other people will humble themselves to receive it mm-hmm. right so i just want to challenge all the moms that are listening tonight or today whatever time you're able to listen to this if you're doing the dishes and you're just like, I can't bear to do these dishes anymore. I want to challenge you to reach out to a friend, a fellow mom, and be like, can you do my dishes for me? <laughs> or can I do your dishes? Can I make you a ask. meal? Or just come, just don't show ask. up and just, be like, mm-hmm. I see your house being a mess right now. My house is a mess too. In whatever sense of the word that that means, um, I just challenge you to test your village. And if you're not finding that village, we want to be that for you in whatever capacity that can be. If you're um, abroad somewhere and you just need somebody to hear the mess that's in your head, we want to be that for you. If you live nearby and you desperately cannot even wrap your head around making a meal, we want to bring that to you. If you just need to let your kids run around at the park, let's go do that. Or you want to just like paint and do something that's just your own for 20 minutes, an hour. We want to do that with you. 
That's a good point. How many times have we FaceTimed and the, the phone or the iPad or whatever was in the distance and we said, okay, we're going to both um, pick our house up. <laughs> yeah. Just like talking, <laughs> folding laundry. <laughs> just like, oh, you're still just there. just kind of keeps you on track, yeah. focus. It's doing it together. That's good. It helps. It does. And I want to, I mean, I feel like Bethany's making it sound really easy, but I just want to reassure people that a lot of it is also like giving in to the help because the second we offered help bethany was like this is i I wasn't like trying to get help i just wanted to vent and i was like venting is great but accepting the help is just so much better because it did help just accept the help just just let it go let go of that um that feeling that you have of being like no no i can do it or no no i i said too much or no, I'm I'm gonna be judged right this second. Just let go of it and just let the people help you and let the people in and try not to feel guilty about it. You might, but try not to. Yeah, because it takes an incredible amount of courage and vulnerability. And honestly, I am challenged by this because I don't have the courage to ask for help most of the time. That was literally me today. Um, just feeling really overwhelmed and just you know, in my mind of like, no, 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 I, I brought this upon myself, I can do it, you know, and just, I mean, I struggle in general with this. So it's something that I'm actually like hoping to unpack in counseling <laughs> soon, I hope. But this is like, I mean, if I didn't have this community, I, I would never have just even thought about how I have such a struggle, like asking for help. And this also comes a lot from like my family of origin and seeing my mom just like say yes to everything and always show up and be there. And just like having that model of like, I can't, I can't get to that level mm-hmm. and I can't ask for help because I've never seen my mom do it. So yeah, I mean, this is incredibly challenging for me, but Bethany, I, you're, you're a role model to me in that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't mean it in a condescending way. Oh, like, no problem asking for help. <laughs> no, like, it's 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 really awesome. Like you really challenged me in that because it allows for such a beautiful thing to happen, which is us to all grow closer together. You might la- feel like you lack in the ability to keep your house picked up, but I don't know of another mom that connects with their children the way you do. Yeah. It really is amazing on the level that you do. So true. You're choosing the most important thing out of all of the things that you could be doing. Thanks, Mom. We're hugging if you didn't know. <laughs> so I was telling Bethany that we were like trying, we like to do little icebreakers in the beginning of our show or whatever. But um, since we didn't do that today, our icebreaker was going to be at the end and it was going to be for you to tell us a really embarrassing story about Bethany. Oh my gosh, you went with it. <laughs> my favorite one. one is when she was about seven. I know so what one she it is. was about uh, Jacob's age and uh, I actually had a picture of it and the picture exists somewhere unless she uh, destroyed it. And it was her birthday and the whole day was you know about her I don't remember exactly what we did but it was a fun birthday she got presents that she wanted and there was a pink balloon with helium in it in her bedroom and I think I had told her go get ready for bed get your pjs on and 
she was on her bed. When I opened the door, I expected to see her in her PJs, but instead I saw her completely naked on her bed, reaching, jumping to try and reach the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and then you immediately got the camera. <laughs> the perfect end to the perfect day for Bethany. This is Bethany. She's in her own world trying to reach that pink balloon because she wants to have it in her hand while she goes to sleep. I don't know what she, why she wanted the balloon, but she did. Amazing. A little insight to my personality there, you guys. <laughs> I feel like we could probably find her doing that at any point now, too. I'm sure I can ask Kyle. And oh, my God. Oh, my God. I want to thank you. Thank you so much for being our guest. Oh, you're welcome. I loved hearing all about your village and your struggles, too, and I think that, and I'm sure our children are going to do this, but it's like you said, when when you look back at your parents, a lot of the things you see look very like effortless and like everything was always put together. And it's so nice to hear that like you struggle the same way we are. Of course. I'm hoping that everyone <laughs> eventually, you know, I'm hoping that we can show our kids that we can struggle, but also like work through it. And come out the other side. <laughs> yeah, it's all about grace. And I think we're so willing to extend grace and mercy and forgiveness to other people. And we stop short when it comes to ourselves. And we just have these super high expectations. And they don't really need to be there. And it's just, are you, are you loving your child as best as you can? <laughs> no. Even the days that it's, some days it's not easy. You know, some days we're not easy to love. But that's where a community like this is, is really comes in. It's just, it's, it's worth its weight in gold that you can send a meal or just stop by and give someone a hug and say, hey, I was thinking about you and bring them a flower or whatever, you know, just to know you're loved and you matter to me. Well, mamas... <laughs> Thanks for listening. This has been an episode of Shut Up Moms. And um, as we close out for the day, I'm going to put my mom on the spot one more time and ask if she would give us a little sample of her hidden talent, which is her beautiful singing voice. Aww, yay. Would you please sing just a little bit of that um, aria that you sing so beautifully? Oh, for my God. Just a little bit, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> How about if I sing another one? Whatever. Another song, okay. Say nighty night and kiss me. Just hold me tight and tell me you'll miss me. Well, I'm alone and blue as can be. Dream a little dream of me. Aww. <laughs> that was so cute. Love it. Love it. Nighty night song. <laughs> Night, mom. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much for joining Love us. This is so awesome. This has been Shut Up, Mom, a Hive Collective podcast. You can find us on TikTok and Instagram at, at Hive Collective. Our music is provided by Honey Yard. You can find them on Spotify. Thank you for listening. Thank you.